What's going on, everybody? We back another episode. You know, I always got to thank the people that helped me. Shout out to Banker, Postal Homes, Mark Wright, a presidential award winner. If you're looking to buy a home, definitely give Mark a call. And check out so many games now on Fans Only Sports. A lot, a lot of good games going on over there. And if you're looking to get recruited, give r Lee Recruits a call. And Emerson Kilgore, 401 Strength and Fitness, man. Emerson always on the podcast, but... Let's get into what we're really here for. We're going to bring in Coventry Oakers, Gary Goodhart. After a stressed out week off, and I'm sure it was stressed out, you know, them not playing last week. Anytime any team does not get the opportunity to play, it's definitely a stressed out week for the whole staff. So we're going to bring in Coach Goodhart. We're going to get this out of here, get that out of here. Coach, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, always, always welcome. Give me one second to fix something else here, man. Good, good game last night. Good win. Um, you know, we'll, we'll start off with the win. How was that game? Um, you know, just having a week off. Uh, in the past, we had a week off due to, I think, a team forfeited on us in the spring. And we played the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. We fumbled like six times in that game. So, being being there at that time and then having a week off, you know, for all the the crap we're dealing with and in, in this in this particular town, you know, um, I was a little bit worried, especially with Rogers being so athletic. They're they're really fast. I think they're under they're probably underrated, but they're an extremely fast team. Um, I was a little little worried about you know what kind of team's going to show up for us as far as uh, Coventry goes, but um, we kind we scored kind of quick and then. They actually on their first offensive play they scored like a like a sixty yard touchdown on their first play and then I guess we need to be punched in the mouth real quick to realize that we're in a football game and our kids rebounded pretty fast and we had a pretty pretty good game uh, it was rough there was a lot of things going on you know out of our control yet again not trying to get in trouble but we need some more consistency as far as the uh, as the refing goes kind of getting a little. It's it's been it's been inconsistent all year so far, and I know I'm not the only one that that thinks that and has been seeing it. Cause hell, there's 43 football programs in this state or whatever, and so every coaching staff is seeing seeing uh, refing a, from a different perspective, even the same perspective. I mean, I did see something that was interesting, um, and I seen it a couple of years ago in a Westerly Bulldog game, using a lineman and pulling him out as as a tight end. Um, you had some problems with the officiating with that as well. Yeah, so we we go into, I mean, anybody who watches our games, we go into a double wing formation. And with lack of personnel, you have to use the personnel you have. Football rule states if you have a line number, they can check in as an eligible receiver. So they told us last night we weren't allowed to do that. So we had to have our guys where – uh, one, one jersey number, and then going in halftime, he had to take that jersey off and put his original jersey on be, because the ref was – he misunderstood the whole conversation, what we're trying to establish. We've been doing the same thing, and it's the first week we've had any issues with this. Uh, I mean, we're on, heck, what, week – going into week five or whatever, or whatever week it is. It's just uh, – we just need, need consistency in this state. And I understand that there's new refs and there's not a lot of refs or – whatever the problem is, but the, the inconsistency is, is the major factor, I think, for this state's football right now. 
And did you try to educate him? Because we do have a lot of young officials about the rule. I certainly did. Um, actually, I, I basically got told to shut my mouth. So. That's, yeah, and you learn to get in line around here. You know, it's kind of get along or go along. You no, know? And that's the thing, too, is like I'm not from this state. No, I'm from Maine. And, you know, uh, I, I don't have a uh, synonymous name in this state. I'm, I'm a nobody, I like to say, because that's just the way it is. But. You know, it's it. I don't want to have a bad reputation or a bad name, anyways, just because you know, don't try to teach our kids to, to act like that or you know, cause cause trouble and commotion. So, hoping they're just trying to trying to educate, as you said, and kind of backfired on me. I, I got told to shut my mouth. So, well, I noticed I seen some other or uh, someone told me about some personal files, and and I heard at practice you are very tough on foul language, swearing. You don't allow it. Yeah, see, that was another issue too. Is um, like you can ask our, my coaching staff, you can you can ask ask the kids, you can hell, you can ask the parents. Like we don't we don't allow swearing in practice. Coaches, players, don't care who the hell you are, you 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 get you get punished. If coaches swearing, we'll kick you out. You go home. Doesn't matter. You can go home. You, you, you come back tomorrow with a different attitude. But there, like I, we could hear they they're swearing the with the f bombs and like more f-bombs than i probably ever heard in one setting and there was no action taken and even trying to address it to try to make sure the game doesn't get out of control games can get out of control be it by score or by physicality you can have fist fights in games and that's the thing we don't want that makes the game look bad so when you have kids that are swearing at each other and that's 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 just you know putting a little bit of gas on the fire and you know it just takes one one more little little bit of gas to, for things to get out of control. When things are out of control, you can't go back. So, you know, trying to address those things and, and, and you know, stop it before it happens is kind of what we're trying to do. And yet again, I got told to, to shut up for trying to stop what was going on. It's one of those things I get, like, I, I probably don't have any respect in the state, and I accept that, you know, you got you to gotta earn respect. But at the same time, I'm a head coach just like everybody else. we gotta we got to be treated all the same kind of. No, you're absolutely right. And there is a big disconnect between officiating and the coaching. And, you know, I was the first to side with officiating for a while, saying we had a lot of new officials. And I know when I first um, started jobs, but we are, you know, we just finished up week four, 50% through the season. We need to have better results. You're not the only coach. Stanley Dunbar came on last night you know, screaming about the officials, very respectable, you know, shout out to coach Dunbar. You know, we hear it. We hear That's about cool. it all the times. Yes, definitely. Um, Situa had a situation where they had to change jerseys in the first week of the season as, as well. And officials know you guys have low numbers right now. So, I mean, they should be a little more understanding about that. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. You know, especially like not every program has a hundred kids. I mean, we know that we know the towns and the programs. They got they got a ton of kids. They got they got numbers. They got depth. Um, I mean, right now we got. I had twenty six kids at practice today. And you are like the fifth biggest school in the state. Yeah, as far as enrollment goes, we just don't we don't have big numbers. And like I, I accept who we have. We we play with who we have every week. You know, but at the same time, if you know my. Second year with Stanley, we played uh, Mount Pleasant. They showed up with like 16 kids, whooped our ass, but they still showed up with 16 kids. 
And it's like there's got to be some sort of connect there to realize like, hey, you know, you got to give them a little bit of of uh, real estate here because they they maybe they need to put a, a lineman at at tight end. Well, so be it. Like it's got 16 kids. What the heck else are they gonna do? You know, it's just one of those things. There's just got to be some more. Uh, there's gonna be some more communication. There's gonna be a little bit a little bit better communication all the way around. I guess is. It was a little bit. I mean, we won last night, and I'm I'm happy for the kids. I'm proud of the kids for their effort, and you know, there's just some of the things that go on right now in the state as far as like football goes. It's just it's it's a little crazy to me. I gotta ask you this question only because you guys did sit out last week. Now you heard there's been the narrative is a lot of teams are ducking their opponents. I'm not saying you were ducking. Was your team ready to go last week? We were prepared to go. We we start practice on Saturday. We it doesn't matter if we win or we lose. We practice Saturday, so we practice every damn Saturday. We start our game planning. We were ready to go. I was dressed and ready to go. I got the phone call at one forty one, and then again at at two forty. And next thing I know, the game's canceled. Things out of our control. Uh, the week before that, we had fifteen kids out with close contact. We we were without five starters against Mount Pleasant, and we we still played. And you know we, we'll play whoever the heck's in front of us. And it was one of those things out of our control yet again. I will, my kids were devastated. Coaching staffs devastated. You put a lot of time in going from Saturday all the way till Thursday walkthrough, and then getting told Friday afternoon you can't play in a football game, regardless of who the hell the opponent is. And yeah, I, I know everybody in the state realizes how good St. Ray's is doesn't matter how good they are we still want to play them because that's just it gets to it gets you to realize how what you need to work on what you are compared to the best team St. Ray's is the best team in division two hell they may be the best team in the whole state they could they could probably beat Henrikin and maybe Portsmouth and probably you know LaSalle right now I don't know I don't know what how good they actually are against those those opponents but I know how good they are in D2 and Playing them gets you to know where your caliber is, what kind of team you are, how good you are, and regardless of who we had or who we didn't have, who's close contact, if they could have done a better job at that time, whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't on us. We weren't ducking them. We, we got given the short end of the stick, too. Well, you can understand the narrative because you see a lot of these teams that are backing out, calling backing out on a Monday and then calling you 10 minutes later saying we can have a JV game in a lower division, and it's like the lower divisions are basically, respectfully, they are JV teams. You know, so how are you going to – so I just wanted to get that out the way because I know um, I know you guys were, were ready, and I know one of your coaches' wife went pretty much um, – went in the other day on, on Facebook saying we were ready. It was a hot breaker for our teams. And then to see Mount Pleasant playing that same week, it just – it hurt our – it really – it was really a, a heartbreaker. Yeah, the whole thing, uh, it was a debacle. Yet again, the whole we've been we talked to our kids about worrying about the things that are in your control. You know, you can control your effort, you can control your your time in practice, you can control, you know, your your enthusiasm, but you can't control the things on the field and you can't control any of the things that are just, you know, that are going to be out of your control. And that was one of those things that we got told you know, just before three o'clock, hey, they were canceling the game. So that was one of those things. My kids are ready. We were going to be at the school at three o'clock. We got to get taped up. We do our walkthrough. We do our regular routine, a little talk, load the, uh, and then we were going to, you know, be ready to go. 
Coach but, Good. Coach Goodhart, your quarterback, man, stepped up, and I think he's playing very well. Gavin Nurmi, is is that his name? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, but he's inside, he's inside the top 10 right now as the state's top quarterback. See, I think he's sitting at number seven with 274 yards with a QB rating of 114. Yeah, we try to minimize, you know, a lot of risk for him because he's only a junior, you know, his first year. When you got a kid like Will Turner – who starts for four years. I mean, Will was one hell of a kid, not only, you know, just uh, as a football player, but as a human being, you know, he's Will Turner carried like dang, almost a 4.9 GPA. You know, he's just literally one of those kids. He's going to do something great for this world, not just, you know, football wise. He's just one of those people, one of those humans that something is going to happen great because of him, because that's just the type of person he is. So, when you have to fill those shoes of, you know, replacing, you know, a really good football player, a really smart kid, a really, really good human being, you know, it's big, big shoes to fill. So Gavin kind of has that. I know he has that weighing on his shoulders, no matter who you are. When you were doing replacing somebody like that, you know, you that's all you think about. So, you know, getting him to understand that managing the game is more important, not trying to be the one trying to win the game. So, you know, he's, he's really starting to learn that now. And last night, you know, he, he made a lot of mistakes. So he had a he had a really good game, I guess, you know, statistically. But he also had turnovers and mistakes too, and a lot of things that we got to work on and improve on. But Gavin is, uh, he's going to be when he's a senior. He's probably going to be one of those those kids that everybody will be talking about. And salute to Will Turner. When I met you on July 10th at the Yacht Olympics, I think I put a clip that you said that he's probably going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or some or something great. Will Turner is a remarkable kid, and if Anyone out there never had a chance to meet Will Turner. He's such a respectable kid. You know, um, I, you know, when we were trying to do the off-season team, you know, when they weren't allowing us to play football, you know, he was part of the program. And I was just so amazed with the maturity level of that young man. So shout out to him. Yeah, you know, even more than that, you know, a shout out to his parents. He's got really good parents. They're, they're incredible. They're just incredible people. They do all the right things, you know. They really have, you know, they got like four kids, and, you know, all their kids are, you know, doing special stuff. Hell, their youngest is going to be a pro baseball player probably someday. So now he opted out this year of football, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got, uh, he's got some really, really big offers from big, big schools uh, in Division One baseball. So, I mean, like all the biggest schools in the country are reaching out to him to play baseball for him. So, so you can't even be mad at that. No, heck no. I mean, when you when you're when you're getting recruited, I mean, he was a sophomore pitching 93, 94 miles an hour, you know, and he's only a sophomore. You know, he's a junior now. So when baseball season comes, he might be throwing 95, 96. Senior year hitting 97, 98. You know, why the heck? What kind of risk is that? You know, you granted, you know, if you're thinking about injury and stuff like that, you know, it's probably gonna happen. But for him, his his meal ticket is baseball. Like, why not? You know, focus on your ticket. That's your ride. Go go enjoy it because they're going to wine and dine you. And, you know, you're going to be able to see parts of the country. Maybe you wouldn't be able to see other than other reasons why. And then eventually maybe you get that, you get drafted. And, you know, you can make it so your mom and dad don't have to work no more. Like, no, go do that, dude. And salute to his parents because it takes a lot, not only to put one kid through high school, get him ready, keep him out of trouble, keep him walking that straight line, you know, and, and 
you know, Coventry, yes, it is a suburban community, but it's not your peaches and, and cream pie community. There's a lot of issues in, in Coventry. So salute to his parents for not one kid, but two kids, you know, getting them ready for college. And salute to all the parents out there and all the wives too, you know, because it takes a lot for the wives and the parents for you guys to go out there and put on a, a good product. I believe, no, they got four kids they put through college. Four kids. Salute yeah. to that. Salute yeah. to them. Pretty incredible. But yeah, salute to them. You know, An another kid I'm pretty, and I knew last season he was going to be good. Jaden Carnavale, you know, he's a senior this year already. He's inside the top three of um, of my rankings for top running backs. Not only me, Max Preps has him, and I bring this up because I notice you guys are a big contributor to Max Preps. You know, you're one of the teams that at least put stats up, and it's so important because. All you're doing by not putting stats up is hurting these kids' opportunities. They don't make the top New England list. They don't make the top 100 high school player list, you know. So salute to you for that. Um, but let's talk about Jaden a, a little bit. You know, Jaden, um, he's one, he's top 20 in his class. Coventry's got like 1,700 kids. So he's in. He's the top 20 of, I think he's like 16 or something like that, of 400-plus of kids in his class. Um, not only is he, you know, top 20, but, you know, he's, he's trying to get into, uh, the army Academy there, West Point, And, you know, he wants to be an officer and, you know, he, he has plans to do great things over there. He's a weight room warrior. I think it's, it's, he's one of those kids, you know, he started out trying to be a wide receiver and after a couple of days, you know, moved him to running back, like, but you're not going to help us right now, but in the future, you'll help us. And I, in the spring was that time. That's where you. He shined. He had his opportunity to to realize that's when he's going to help us. And now as a senior, all that hard work, all that speed training we've done, all that weightlifting has really paid off because he's 175 pounds or so. But holy heck, he's a, he's a bull. He's strong. Like last night, if you, if you watch the film, there's plays where he's carrying three, four guys down the field. And he went from not being able to catch a football to now, you know, he's make he can catch a football and he can do some things with it. So, He's one hell of a kid himself. He's got really good parents too. You know, there's Coventry is one of those things. You know, you got you got kids with with no parents. You got kids with one parent. You got kids with kids with grandparents. You got kids with both parents. So you know, he's in one of those fortunate situations where you got both his parents in a really good household. And you know, you, he's just one of those kids. You know, you, you wish you had ten and twenty of those guys because of the hard work he does. And when you got kids that are you know carrying four point five plus GPAs all over the board. It makes things a little bit easier to coach because the things you can install, the the just their ability to remember, you know, it helps out so much almost in every every facet. Well, it really does. And you mentioned the GPA and scoring high across the state. I don't know how bad your team was affected, but a lot of kids got hit with the academic not eligible, you know, because of failing out last season. Some teams lost as many of, as 11, 11 players. You know, so salute to the kids that are getting it done in the classroom because I don't care how good you can ball. If you're sporting a, a 1.8 or a 2.0, like, you are not going to college. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's one of those things we try to preach, too, is, like, football is not just, like, I love football. I think every everybody who, who's in into football, coaching or playing, you know, like, you have to have some sort of a love or a passion for it. But at the end of the day, you know, 70% 70 of the households in America are single family, and typically that's a single mom. So for us as coaches, we are the male role model in, in these kids' lives. So, you know, if we're not, we're not trying to, you know, re emphasize, you know, school, 
you know, family first, school second, then football, and then all your other priorities after that, you know, that then we're not doing our job because, you know, if these kids want to go to college, you know, we got to preach it. Like, if you don't have good grades, you can't go. They don't want you. College is competitive. A kid like Will Turner applied to every single Ivy, Ivy League school there was. Wait a minute. He didn't get into not one of them. He didn't get accepted to not one Ivy League school, having an incredible GPA, extracurriculars, everything he does for the community, all his community service, like the things behind the scenes, the, the, the all the little things that they want to see. He didn't even get accepted to not one Ivy League school. Try to tell the kids if Will Turner is not getting accepted to Ivy League schools with the incredible resume he has, and you're doing this little, how do you anticipate getting accepted to college? It's, it's competitive. It's just like anything else. And that's no, like, when I, you know, that ain't no slap in the face to Ivy League schools. That just shows you how hot it is. Absolutely. It's competitive. It is absolutely competitive. You know, 1% makes it to football. And I had Nate Turner on the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He played on the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl team. He played on Carolina Panthers team. And he said, listen, he said, for anyone to say I was a bust or anyone else is a bust, I'm 1%. I'm part of that 1% club you make it you to know, the NFL, that's a big deal yes definitely you make it to the nfl a big deal emerson kilgore says success in football was playing any level after high school do you agree with that 100 percent. like I'm, I'm a little guy you know you've seen me I'm, you know i'm five six and a half five seven 165 pounds and i i mean i was fortunate enough and where i'm from to be able to play a little bit of college football myself so I, I take that like that's uh, a compliment I guess you know I got the I got to play for a couple minutes or whatever so that was it's true like if you get an opportunity to play any any post secondary sport you get to go on hell across track soccer hockey wrestling whatever it is football basketball like you're lucky I mean you put the work in whatever it is you know you're a good enough athlete then you know you're part of that that percentage but Nick. if you're so good you get to make it to division one I, I was just a division three athlete you're good enough to make division one that's a whole nother bag of worms and then if you get to go pro holy crap you're in the upper echelon yeah i mean just making it to division one and a lot of rhode island kids i mean as much as they say i want to go division one as good as you think you are in this little state it's a whole different monster you know i bring emerson up again went to syracuse when there was only three kids on division one ncaa rosters and i said so when you got there was you able to pull out the lawn chair and relax he said oh no it got even hotter at that point so not every you know nothing wrong with division three division two you know you're there to get the education that's that's exactly what it was you know like i i realized real quick like look i i was the third smallest of 120 guys on a college football roster like they they recruited 25 guys from south florida to come out and play division three football it's like i these guys are running four four forties and guys my size Duncan, like I couldn't barely touch net. So I knew real quick, like, all right, I'm I'm gonna try to get this degree. My guy Nick Cop, you know, very good football player. You know, his father's one of your assistants. I think he made your all division list last year. I think he even might have made uh, all state. Um I'm not sure. Um but let's talk about Nick Cop a little bit. Um Great kid. Did you move him to Lyman this season? Uh, well, first thing, uh, actually, Nick Carp made first team All-State linebacker in the spring, and then they made him a preseason All-State linebacker. I know it's Eric Rube, but um, so he's, he, got, he got put on the list. Yeah, he, 
he had a, he's had a good season, whatever, so far. It was actually his idea. He was one of our running backs, and uh, he walked up to me one day and said, Coach, no, I think, I think for the greater good of the team, in lack of depth, he said, I, I think uh, I'll go on the line if you want me to, if you think that'll help. And I said, Nick, if, that's, if you're willing to do that for the team, that'll help the team tremendously. So Nick did the most selfless act I've ever had a, a high school kid do in my 10 years of coaching and went from being, you know, a, a, a guy getting his name in the paper to being the guy getting the guys in the paper. I mean, and, and how surprised were you? Because when you just told me that, I was surprised, you know, because what I know of Nick, he loves carrying the ball. He loves being, you know, in the backfield, you know, so um, salute to him. But how surprised was you? You just said it was a selfless act, you know what I mean? So salute to him. It shows his level of maturity. What does that say about, about the man? Uh, two things in my, in my eyes. One, um, leadership. You got a kid who got a taste of victory and wants to, you know, continue to, to win and knowing that you got – his best friends, Jaden Carnival. So, you know, his best friends in the backfield. So who better to block for than your best friend? So Nick stepped up to do that. And, um, you know, two, Nick's just a competitor. He's a great kid. He wants to win. So above all else, he knew that's what the team needed. And he stepped up, you know, so I, I, it was a surprise at first. But just knowing how he is, you know, I, I know Nick more than just on the field. Like, his dad's one of our coaches, so his dad, you know, is a friend. And, uh, you know, I get to see Nick in a different a different eye than just, you know, coaching. So I know what kind of kid he is, and, you know, he's, he wants to win. And he yes. knows that that's, that's one of the things that it's going to take. So, but, you know, him, him being, you know, one of the stronger kids around, I would like to see – you know, other kids in the weight room and see them with Nick Carbonello because Nick, uh, he's been a, he's a four-year starter. He's much like Will Turner. Will Turner is a four-year starter. Nick, Nick Carbonello is a four-year varsity starter. So uh, Nick is a weight room warrior. You know, people probably don't look at him and know this, but he works out two and three times a day. Does he? He is. That's He's eating, sleeping, thinking about football, working out, and making it to the next level. Um, I mean, what a great example he is. He's a great leader. I met Nick, you know, again, when I did the um, the private league um, competition. You know, his father, nice, nice coach, you know. And um, when I when I talk about his dad, you know, me and him had a little disagreement a, a few weeks ago, you know. and um, But it just shows how how loyal his father is to the, to the Coventry Oakers, you know. Um, so... Salute to him. Another good coach you have is Andy Gervasini. You know, um, great, great line coach. You know, um, even me and me and Andy had had a few issues, but I still respect him as a coach. You know, um, he was up here in Wesley for a little while. So you put together a decent staff. Yeah, I know. Um, I didn't. I didn't know anything about about uh, Coach Gervasini. Uh, got word that you know he was interested in coaching and brought him on staff and. You know, this season made him the defensive coordinator, and I think it was a good move. He's doing a good job with the defense. Um, he's a young guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively young, too. You know, I'm going to be 35 here kind of soon, but he's a bit younger than me, and, you know, I, he's, he's got a lot of energy, and he's got a lot of knowledge. I respect him, and, you know, we, you know I, think, uh, I think you're right. We put together a pretty good staff. You know, we're still a little bit light on, on numbers, you know, as far as, as, far as eyes on the, on the field, so – 
you know, still trying to get a couple more guys out here. But, you know, right now we got five and we got the five, five we need right now. Um, all of our coaches, you know, they, they do a great job. You know, uh, I try not to take any credit for anything. I, I think they deserve it. You know, we got good, good coaches. We got a good, we got good assistant coaches. We got a, we got a good volunteer coach, and everybody pulls their weight. Everybody's, you know, everybody wants to win. You know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. Everybody has the same goal, and you know, I'm very thankful for the guys we have on staff. You know, so we go through a lot. You know, Coventry is a tough place to coach. Uh, it really is, and you know, the guys that no matter what what adversity we go through each week, they still show up, and you know, they're still positive, and they still understand, and you know, we still got a job to do. So. I'm just very thankful for those guys, to be honest. And everyone knows that you're in a tough situation with what you have going on up there. You know, um, it is a good school. It is a good town, you know, and uh, you just need more wins. What does Coventry, what do you see going forward for Coventry right now? What is your next couple of weeks planned out? You know, how do you feel? You know, we're already 50% halfway into the season. Um, you know, my first two years uh, in Coventry, you know, I, I coached under Stanley Dunbar and Stan can vouch, you know, me and Stan are still friends. We still talk, you know, pretty much every single week. I love Stan. And our first two years, we lost to Lincoln pretty bad both years back to back. So we got Lincoln on Friday night. You know, we want to love to beat those guys. That'd be really cool. That, that's really up on the priority list. Obviously, we want to make the playoffs, but it's hard to project. You know, it's, it's a week. This, this game is week by week. And it doesn't really matter because any team can win any given week. It doesn't matter. Just the stars align perfectly. You know, everything's just supposed to go the way it's supposed to go. And, you know, so can't really project forward because after this, we got a tough Barrington team coming right up. And, you know, we really like to, to beat those guys too as well. But, you know, we got to focus on Lincoln right now because that's what we got on Friday night. Please beat Barrington. <laughs> Please beat Barrington. You know, I don't – I think the side of, of – the division two you're on, I, I think you guys are pretty much the, the better team. You know, Mount Pleasant, Coach Addison doing a, a great job, as you've seen a couple of weeks ago. But you were out, man. You were out, outnumbered, you know. But I give credit to coaches like you. Um, you know, Smithfield, Coach Piver, you know, he knows he had to get on that bus with 20 kids because of whatever situation. He didn't cop out and say, oh, no, we can't play because we don't have enough kids. Uh, he got on that bus and he went to play Pilgrim knowing – he was outmatched, oh man, and it was going to be a bad night. And salute to you guys for, for at least saying, you know what, we don't have the dogs we want, but we're still going to the fight. Yeah, you know, we all signed up to coach this game. You know, it's, it is it is what it is. You can't go into every game assuming you're going to win. You definitely can't assume you're going to lose, but you got to go in to play. You know, it doesn't matter who it is you're playing against. you, you got to show up because I don't want to, I don't want to talk bad about our society right now, but I think there's a lot of quit in our society, and I don't, I don't like that because it teaches our kids to quit. And, you know, I don't know how old you are, Mike, but I know how old I am, and I know that in you know, 40, 50 years, these kids are going to be the ones that are going to be taking care of us. And if we're teaching them to quit right now, what the heck's going to be happening then? You know, no, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You know, I don't, I don't want to be old and worrying about, you know, what, what kind of life I'm going to have to live or if I'm going to be able to retire or, or what the retirement home is going to hold for me there, you know, I just, there's going to be too, there's just going to be too much quitting and we can't teach these kids to quit. You know, you got to fight no matter what, you know, sometimes you're going to get punched in the mouth and it's how you respond. So you got to just, you, you got to keep fighting. That's all, that's all I got to say. We just got to keep fighting. 
you got some Rocky on. I think Rocky said something like that. You know, it's it's how hard you keep coming back and keep fighting it and keep fighting. You're absolutely right on. Before I let you go, I just need to make a couple quick announcements, man. This show and last night's show was dedicated to the life and memory of Leroy Matitol. Played at Pilgrim. Pilgrim had a nice moment of silence last night. They actually put the decals on his helmet. So he's a friend of mine. In this picture, you see him with five-time champ Vinny Pazienza and also Mickey Ward. I'm not sure who the guy is with with no hair on, on the right, but salute to him. Um, thank you to Mark Wright for always helping us out. And if you want to put a logo up here, a sponsor, any episode, or even this episode, um, definitely um, give me give me a, a shout, you know, an hour and hour of recruits. And if you need your games on Fans Only Sports, you know, reach out to Fans Only Sports. Um, Coach Goodhart, any last any last words going um, going forward until we talk next next week? Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you again. Thanks for what you're doing for uh, for Rhode Island football. You know, I'm, yet again, I'm from Maine, so it's a little bit of a different perspective. It's tough because the state's so small, but they don't really cover football the way that they should. Uh, Maine, I know it's a little bit bigger or whatever, but, you know, they, there's just there's so much coverage. Everybody's just so excited about football. You know, I think all the coaches, I think I can speak for all of us and just say I appreciate you trying to do what you can for the, the state's football. I try. It's tough, you know, and, and going against these machines, you know, it, it's tough, you know. Like, I don't have many resources, and that's why I'm always telling people if you want to sponsor something or make donations, you know. Uh, I don't want to just have a regular live stream. You see the artwork that I have up here, you know. I want it to be a, a good production, and I care about the kids in this state. So thank you very much, Coach Goodhart, and um, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Sounds great. Thanks All right. Anytime, Coach Goodhart, man. Coventry Oakies, man. So, thank you. We'll talk soon, Coach. Sounds good. Bye. Coach Goodhart joined us. You know, thank you. Thank you, Coach Goodhart, for joining us. Later on today, we'll talk to Wes Pennington after his West Warwick St. Rays game. And if you want to help sponsor an episode, you can put your logo right here. We really, really appreciate it. Um, So, thank you to everybody you know that helps me out you know because it's all about promoting these kids all right we out of here um we'll be back a little bit later after the saint rays game you nervous with butterflies in your stomach Don't try to intimidate me You couldn't scare me with lip I'm spontaneous, smart, dangerous, fancy and quick My trainer told me to work He ain't prepared me to quit I'm the only captain who's sailing the championship, championship. 